Hey everyone, it's been said that every quilt tells a story and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I want to thank my friend Carol Sanick for connecting me with Dale Allen Rouse. He's also known as the Quilting Cowboy. After watching Dale's charismatic personality on his YouTube channel, I knew this interview was going to be great. He didn't disappoint. You'll want to check out his YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website too. Dale, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled that you can be on A Quilter's Life today. Well, thank you for having me. Let's start at your beginning. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Tacoma, Washington. And then when I was about two years old, my family moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, a small town actually outside of Vancouver. And so that's where I lived as a young person and up through my teen years. When I was um, 16, I was accepted into a, a, the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School, um, and so I left that area and moved to Winnipeg where I went to school and then started my uh, professional life after that. And your professional life is? Um, I was a performer for almost 20 years, and then after that, uh, I've been a real estate agent um, for almost 20 years as well. Do you have a special childhood memory? Special childhood memory, gosh. I mean, really what I hold on to, and it was really the genesis of the beginning of my kind of craft and quilting life was um, I had kind of an area in the basement of our house, and I would kind of just go down there and I'd uh, spend just hours alone by myself making crafts and sewing and things like that. That was really kind of my passion um, beyond just regular school activities. And so that was my favorite thing is just to kind of be alone <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and do hand sewing and things like that. It's funny, my mom was a sewing teacher, uh, but she never taught me how to sew. And so I kind of just, you know, made little things and whatever. And she kind of gave me, you know, so a little bit of direction, but she never taught me how to use a sewing machine, things like that. But I often had a lot of fun uh, making, especially those little mice that are made out of felt. And I still have them on a lot of my YouTube videos. <laughs> today and uh, having them in my YouTube videos today is a little bit of a nod towards my childhood and those childhood memories. Yeah, neat. Mm -hmm. So where are you now? I currently live in Palm Springs, California. How did you get there? Well, that was a, that was a long route. <laughs> I'm happy to give you the whole story, but I literally have lived all over the world as a performer. Um, I was really very fortunate to, you know, travel the world, belong to several different ballet companies over the course of my uh, performing career. And then kind of the end tale of it of how I ended up in Palm Springs is that uh, my last performing kind of gig was in Las Vegas. Um, I was a backup dancer for Celine Dion for many years there in Vegas. And when that kind of was ending, I knew that was going to be my final performing experience. And so I got my real estate license and I was actually doing both uh, for several years. So there was an overlap where I would uh, do real estate during the day and then go and do the show at night. And that was my life uh, for many years as well. 
So when I was done with that, um, it was kind of the crash of 07, 08, right? And I figured, oh, gosh, what am I going to do now? I just lost my shirt in the real estate market. My performing career was over. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do. And I fortunately had a little bit of savings, and I moved to Salt Lake City, where I knew it was very inexpensive to live, and I went to school for graphic design. And I knew, I knew, I knew from um, the beginning of starting that course that the main reason I was taking these courses in graphic design was to help with my quilting career. So I spent a good couple of years um, getting my degree in graphic design, and then when that was done, I moved to Los Angeles um, to kind of start up my uh, real estate career again. And so I've had a couple of years break from that. I felt like I was ready to get back into the industry. And so I moved to Los Angeles from Utah after finishing school and uh, worked there as a realtor and was the director of education for Keller Williams uh, for many years. And then kind of when I was getting tired of that in Los Angeles is just very wearing on you because it's so hectic and so crowded. And uh, so I kind of wanted a softer, easier uh, way of life, a less expensive way of life. And so we moved from Los Angeles out here to Palm Springs. So <laughs> that's the <laughs> <laughs> and My mind is going, I didn't think anywhere in California was less expensive. Well, I guess it's all relative, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, compared to Los Angeles, Palm Springs is significantly less expensive. <laughs> but before we get on to quilting, uh-huh. are there other crafts or hobbies you do? Um, not really. I mean, as I'm sure a lot of, you know, your listeners kind of identify with, once you start quilting and it kind of takes over your life, that's kind of all you do <laughs> other than sleep and eat. <laughs> so, I mean, that really is um, what takes up the majority of my time, but obviously my degree in graphic design and uh, publishing patterns. So it, it's still all around quilting, but um, whether it's, you know, doing design work, doing uh, fabrics, I, as you know, I have a line of fabrics that is now in stores nationwide with Wyndham Fabrics. Um, so that type of design work, um, often on the computer, um, and then, you know, generating patterns, writing patterns, all of that other work, you know, it's all kind of quilt related, but that's how I kind of spend my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you have two large dogs. We have four, actually. Oh, okay. Two large dogs and two small dogs. Yeah, I so. missed the small ones. <laughs> so we figured we're not going to have kids. So what we can do to kind of make the world a better place is adopt dogs and rescue animals. So mm-hmm. we have a got great time doing that. And we always have a house full of animals. And whoever needs a home, well, we just throw them on the pile. <laughs> <laughs> Add another one. Come on. Come on home. <laughs> well, they look very well behaved. Yeah, they are for sure. Who introduced you to quilting? I did. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like that answer? How I kind of got started was um, a lot of my friends were having kids, right? And I wanted to kind of deliver something to them to welcome the newest member of their family. And especially when my niece was born, I really wanted to do something that was heartfelt that, you know, 
either their parents or I could with my niece kind of wrap their child up, you know, with this love. And that was just kind of the expression that I wanted to convey to others. And so it just, I don't know, it just clicked. Like that was the thing that I wanted to bring into the world that was kind of in my mind and on my heart. And so um, I don't even know where I got the idea but that was the gift I wanted to create for my friends and uh, my niece. And that's kind of where it started from. And this was back over 20 years ago. I was still performing and we'd be on the you know tour bus for days at a time. And this was well before, you know, personal handheld computers and iPhones and all that business. So, you know, you really had to have something to, you know, uh, fill your time. And so that's what I took up. And so I would be in the back of the bus learning how to quilt on a moving vehicle that was bouncing yes. down. <laughs> you so, can only imagine how good that was. <laughs> but it was a at, start. At that point, were you doing it by hand or did you have a little machine or what? Yeah, all by hand. Wow. So that was a fun experience. Well, this question might be a little more difficult than usual because you have patterns that you make. Do you have a favorite quilt pattern or quilt that you have made? So that's a great question. Um, All the ones that I have kind of self-published that are available for sale on my website, um, those are ones that I have kind of, you know, played with, worked with, and whatever else. Um, Obviously, the the bestseller of mine is the Stetson Cross, and I love that pattern a lot. I've done it three different times already, (laughs) and each time I kind of learn something new about that pattern. But I really enjoy traditional patterns that are also kind of redone in kind of a novel and modern way. That's kind of my aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking of the one it was a different pattern that just showed your new fabrics on. Oh, yeah, the Arkansas Crossroads. That is a great pattern as well. That was actually one of the first quilt patterns I ever did. And uh, so it's always kind of held a special place in my heart. And when I did it the first time, it's so funny how our aesthetic changes over the years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I started originally loving these very, you know, traditional, um, you know, reproductions of kind of, you know, older fabrics, often from the early 1900s through about the 30s or 40s. That was kind of um, what I was really attracted to when I first started quilting. But now, as is probably shown best in my fabric line, I really enjoy things that have one foot in tradition, um, but also, you know, kind of a modern twist on things. Yeah. It really looks nice with your fabric line. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Do you have a favorite tool? Oh, gosh. Uh, favorite tool. Well, certainly not a seam ripper. <laughs> so, um, a favorite tool. So, I think my favorite sewing tool, which is kind of unique, I don't know that a lot of people use it as a sewing all, right? It kind of just, uh, it's like a seam ripper, but it comes down to a solid point. And I use that a lot for kind of pulling um, small, delicate things through, and whether that's in my applique work when I'm turning the edges or um, as I'm sewing and kind of pulling, you know, kind of delicate things through the machine in a slow manner. That's kind of what I use, and and I really enjoy that tool. Wow. I haven't reached that level yet. (laughs) (laughs) 
What is your favorite part of the quilting process? Uh, it's funny. My favorite part is when I get to wash it for the first time and I pull it out of the dryer and it has a whole new life to it than when it does when it's, you know, original fabric. Um, and so when you can actually really start to see the quilting and the 3D effect of the work um, after you've washed it, I think that's probably my favorite. Um, part of the whole process because there's a completion to it, right? There's a there's a finality. It's like, oh, I've I've done the project beginning to end, and now it's kind of taking on this whole new wonderful kind of cozy life that um, I really really enjoy. Neat. Mm-hmm. My brain's just picturing taking that out of the dryer. It's like mm-hmm. I really hadn't thought about that as part of the process, but it is. It, it absolutely. Really is. <laughs> So what was your worst quilting experience? Oh, my gosh, this is an easy one. So I decided um, when I was kind of transitioning from hand work to sewing on a machine, right? And that was a real process. I think it is for a lot of us. I was a bit afraid of using a machine. I didn't know how to use a machine. And so I had done everything by hand up to that point. And so kind of as a transition, I wanted to do an entire quilt from beginning to end all by hand. And that's the piecing, the quilting. I mean, everything was done by hand. And so that took me a year to do one quilt all by hand. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when I was done with it, I was like, okay, awesome. And I was going to give it uh, to a friend of mine. And so I washed it and the colors ran. So I figured, well, I guess it's just supposed to be this pink color. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, I was so like just heartbroken and just disappointed, you know, to put that much work into something and then realize that, you know, some of the colors were not fast. And this was before I'd really discovered those dye catchers, which are just brilliant. Um, And so anyways, I just kind of went with it. And I'm like, well, I guess it's supposed to be this new color now, but it was not at all what I intended. But that certainly was uh, my most difficult moment in my quilting career. I just watched your one YouTube video where you said you didn't like flying geese. Oh, it's not that I don't like them. It's that I've been terrible at making them. (laughs) (laughs) I like them just fine now. I kind of mastered the technique. And and what I found, you know, this new technique that I just posted on YouTube uh, really is really brilliant because it's a lot of the same approach that we do for half square triangles without a paper, you know, pattern. So, you know, it's uh, it's very similar to that. And once I discovered that, I became a lot more comfortable with them. So <laughs> they're my friend again. Yeah, great. I like that process with the flying geese simply because it's a no-waste right. way to yeah. do it. But I'm, I do need to go back and look at your tutorial on the triangles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why do you make quilts? So this is something I've often thought about, like, what is it about quilts that resonate with me to my core, right? Why couldn't it be woodworking or, you know, a lot, any other, you know, type of uh, handmade craft? Why is it quilt? And for me, I, I think the, the answer that I've come up with is that they are an expression that's most closely uh, held to what, is, what it is I feel internally, right, and what it is I want to bring into the physical world. And that, for me, is, you know, an expression of love. 
an expression of care for others. And so, you know, I, I've heard quilts described as, you know, we're making hugs, right? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I wanted to do with my quilt work is to kind of dabble in this um, expression of love, right? And that's kind of what it is for me um, in terms of when you give a gift of a quilt. It's just such a personal expression of what you feel inside. And that's kind of, you know, the best way that I think I can describe it. And I think a lot of people relate to that. Yeah. Plus, I also really enjoy the process. I love something that's repetitive where I can kind of just kind of get into, you know, that it's almost like a meditative kind of expression, right? When you're just doing something over and over and over again, it's kind of a walking meditation for me. I, I always sew in complete silence, right? I oh, don't wow. Music. Yeah. I don't have music on. I don't talk to people. I'm not, you know, distracted by other things. Um, so I'm just in my room working alone in silence, um, often, you know, doing this repetitive motion, which I find really um, satisfying and kind of uh, if, if people, you know, understand, you know, or study meditation at all, what a walking meditation is, and that's something that you can do. Um, often people will meditate while walking, right? That's kind of where it comes mm-hmm. from. But you're doing an activity while you're also kind of, you know, connecting to uh, source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do you make your quilts for? Uh, usually a plastic bin in my shower in my second bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I did too. We weren't supposed to store them in plastic. <laughs> no, but at this point, you know, you get to a certain level and everyone in your life already has three or four quilts. And, you know, they're ones I want to hold it on to for shows. And all of my patterns have been created specifically to teach a specific technique, right? So whether, it, like, I have a half-square triangle quilt, um, I have a circle quilt, I have hexagon quilt, you know, and so all of them I need to, you know, have um, at the ready. So when I'm going to teach a class and they want me to teach a specific technique, I'll bring that along with me to kind of, you know, demonstrate and show. So, yes, I have a lot of quilts myself. Um, I do enjoy still giving them away as gifts. Um, and often when I've made, you know, one of my patterns two or three times, then I'm comfortable enough giving uh, one away. But you know how it is. They're, they're mm-hmm. such a personal thing. It, it, sometimes it's hard to give them away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you describe how you felt getting to see your quilt in the Ontario Museum of History and Art? Wow. So that really was a moment um, where, you know, I felt validated because, you know, as a guy, you know, a younger guy in this world, um, in the quilt, quilt world, you know, it was the first time I had that level of recognition and validation for my work. And it was way before I had done a lot of things with my Quilting Cowboy brand. And so to see it there and to see the interaction of the general public with it, because they didn't know who I was, right? And so I was kind of just observing people interacting visually with, you know, my work. And it was just um, like a moment of, wow, like, people really are enjoying what I've done and what I'm creating. And so that was really interesting because I do so much of my quilting alone, right? Mm -hmm. To see how my work translates through the eyes of others was really um, super rewarding and very, very special. Neat. 
Well, your YouTube videos give so many tips. So can you give me one tip that you would like to share? Oh, great question. You know, when I teach, it always gives me ideas. And and this is funny. When I first started my YouTube channel, the biggest, most daunting thing that I was, you know, before me was how is it I'm going to be able to continually come up with ideas for content, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's only so many things that we do through the course of the day. But when I teach, I get so many ideas in terms of what I want to then pass along through my YouTube channel. So I I think my biggest one that I want to pass along to people is really going back to basics. And I know that it's really easy as we kind of get um, a little bit more proficient in um, our technique and we kind of just, you know, go through it super fast, is to always go back to basics and to, you know, making sure that our cutting is right. I mean, I can't express how important that is, and I I see it often uh, with students, is they don't pay enough attention to getting that level of precision into squaring up your blocks before you put them in, or, you know, especially when it's a half square triangle or a flying geese or something. You can't just make it and then put it into the work. There has to be a, a second process of, I've made my half square triangle with flying geese, now I need to understand what I've just created and how it relates to the precision of the work, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing that I kind of always come back to is back to basics, back to basics, back to basics. And whether that's fully understanding what your machine does in terms of a quarter of a seam allowance or cutting or, you know, oh, like pressing is a big one. Oh, my gosh, when people, you know, I watch people press their, you know, seams and, and things like this, you know, that has to be done right because that even, you know, done just marginally repeated over a hundred times of the quilt is, is really going to mess you up. And so if you just take the the time to make sure that those fundamentals are being paid attention to, your work ultimately will be far more better. Thank you so much. That is a great tip. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to share for your story? Um, sure. I think that a really important process of the work is understanding, you know, basics of color theory, color families, and things like this. Expressions for me in uh, fabric are often not about, um, kind of evaluated by my eyes, right? I don't just make decisions on what goes into a quilt by the way that it looks. The decisions that I make in terms of what fabrics go where and how, you know, colors relate to one another and what I'm going to ultimately put into the work are not seen. They're felt. Hmm. I use my a deeper understanding and uh, how I'm resonating with the idea, right, not by, again, how it visually looks, but how it makes me feel. My first quilt teacher, she said, well, how do you feel about putting these two colors together or using these fabrics? And I was like, I don't know. And she goes, well, does this make your heart sing? And I, I kind of stopped. I was like, I, I don't even know what that means. And so she was like, does this make your heart sing? Is it resonating with you in terms of, you know, your level of happiness? Like, how is it emotionally connecting with you? And I was like, oh, I get it. And so I started choosing fabrics and patterns and designs based off of that very thing. How does this 
make me feel, not how does it look, right? And so I always try and gauge my work from that place. Wow. That's a whole other level, isn't it? it? It really is. And, you know, it's kind of something I also kind of, you know, worked with through my graphic design, um, you know, degree and education. And so it's it's kind of a lifelong process, I feel like, of, of just, not only discovery, but it's self-discovery. Like, what do I like? What is my personal expression? What are the colors that, you know, uh, speak most for what it is that I want to convey in the work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also saw that some of your work was being considered as set design for NBC's Making It show. Right, yeah. Have you heard back on that? So it was actually the very first season when they were first producing it. And I had a friend who was working on the show who knew I was a quilter and they kind of approached me and asked me um, for a couple of quilts. So I took it down to the set um, and I, you know, gave it to them to use. I don't think they ultimately used it because I watched the the first season and didn't see it on display, but um, it was still nice to be asked. Yeah. 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 And I've auditioned for the show every season. Uh, I <laughs> keep getting to the end, but then um, not selected for the final show. And I'm not sure why, but I keep trying. We'll see. <laughs> oh, that will be fun to watch for you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing with me. I really appreciate Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm happy to. You know, it's one of my favorite parts of where I am with the Quilting Cowboy brand is teaching and public speaking. And um, I really enjoy that uh, part of the work. And so I'm happy to do it. Thank you so, so much. You are very welcome. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Thanks for listening.